and welcome to the Philly Breakdown, a Philly sports podcast with your boy, Colton. And I'm upset. I'm upset at all the Philly sports teams right now. The Phillies had a terrible week. The Flyers continue to be an absolute dumpster fire. And I'm even mad at the Sixers. And the Sixers beat the Nets last night. And also on today's episode, I'll touch on the Eagles and how I actually think Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie have a plan for the Birds. But first, Sunday Bloodies is the best Bloody Mary mix I've ever had. I talked about how much I enjoyed the mix last week, and it turns out I have excellent taste. A very proud moment for the Sunday's family this weekend. They brought home a platinum medal at the 2021 Drunken Tomato Awards in the Caesar category. So basically saying they have the best Caesar mix in the world. They also brought home a gold medal in the new product category. And I'm telling you guys, jump on the Sunday's Bloody Mary mix train. The stock is rising. You don't want to mess out on this. I already brought my Tito's for this weekend. Catch me sipping on some Sunday's Bloody Mary mix Saturday and Sunday morning while I catch up on all my weekend sports. And with that being said, let's jump to my Phillies breakdown. When I put out the episode last Friday, I was very confident about a red October. I told you I bought binoculars from the gift shop because I was on vacation. Like I said, if you listen to the last episode, I was out west. And on Friday's episode, the Phillies were 5-1. and one. An absolutely beautiful start to the season. Fast forward one week later. Just one week. The Phillies are 6-6. Six and six. The Phillies have gone 1-5 in the past week. An absolute collapse offensively, defensively, and coaching-wise. And, you know, I usually break down every game, but oh no, not this week. The whole team was not impressive in the last week, but there are two, two players. And these special two players, I've been licking my chats waiting to comment on. So that's what I'm going to do. First things first, Roman Quinn, you have to leave the city. I was a big supporter when you first came up in the system. Because, you know, I love system guys. You know, system guys like Ryan Howard, Jimmy Rollins, Chase Utley, Cole Hamels. This guy right here is an embarrassment to the Phillies farm system. Roman Quinn, this season, has had 20 at-bats in 12 games. He's had one hit. And for all my math people, you know where I'm going with this. With that being said... It's making his batting average currently at .050. Not .200, not 200, not 180, not even 100. .050, which honestly I didn't even know was possible. And if you watch his at-bats, it's not like he's making contact with the ball or having like, you know, deep counts with the pitchers and putting them like putting pressure on the pitchers and things like that. This dude can't even make contact. And he's just turned into an automatic out. Five pitches or less, he's back on the bench. I mean, he looks absolutely lost at the plate, which is insane because he's the fastest player in baseball. Like, if you take all the major league teams, let's get your fastest player versus my fastest player. Line up all 32 or 30, I forget how many teams there are. Line them up. Fastest player on each team. Line them up. Roman Quinn wins that race. All he's got to do is get up there and bunt, slap bunt, something, 
put the ball in play. He's fast enough. But it, it's at the point where Quinn is not a major leaguer at this point. Bring up Mickey, Abdul Herrera, somebody. Because this is not the answer. Especially now that you have Adam Hazley, you know, leaving the team for personal reasons. Hope everything's good with him. But he's not on the roster anymore. The center field position is such a glaring weakness on this team. And they should have known that coming into the season. When the plan was, oh, let's have Quinn and Hazley split time at it. That's, that's not how a center, center field position is supposed to work. One player starts in center field in the major leagues. Just like one player starts at first, one player starts at shortstop, and one player starts at catcher. None of this flip-flopping shit. None of this thing that the players have done, like the Phillies have done. One guy starts one game, then the other guy starts the next game. No, 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 no. We have a starting catcher, a starting shortstop, a starting first baseman, and a starting center fielder. That's how this works. And I guarantee you now the Phillies make a move trade-wise to get the center field position squared away because it's, it's, it's a goddamn problem. And it's costing us games at this point. All right, moving on from Roman. Next on my list, number two. Quick fact for y'all. Did you know Andrew McCutcheon is making $20 million this season? Impressive, right? Especially considering he's our leadoff hitter and the production that he's bringing us, right? Psych! Andrew McCutcheon, our 34-year-old leadoff hitter, is batting 139. 36 at-bats, 5 hits so far this season. Oh, and 11 strikeouts. Come on, son. And I'm convinced this isn't a slump. This ain't no slump. His best years are way behind him. I mean, my God, offensively, he's bad, yes. But have you? they put him in left field for a reason. Have you seen him out there? He's sprinting 4 miles an hour. He's in slow motion out there. Somebody who is moving like that, hitting the way he is, he cannot be a leadoff hitter. We all see that. So where the hell is Joe Girardi? You've got to switch up the lineup. It, it's not getting it done. So if I'm Joe Girardi, here's, here's, here's my solution. This is what I'm doing. This is the first thing I'm doing. First thing, you got to kick Roman Quinn off the team. Okay? He's, he, can't, he, he can't play for the Cardinals series. Bring up Mickey, Mickey Moniak, but Roman can't play. Kick him off the team. Then I'm thinking, switch McCutcheon and Didi in the lineup. Didi goes from batting fifth to first, and McCutcheon goes from first to fifth. That way the top of the lineup gets younger, with better contact hitting, and the middle of the lineup gets more power. Boom. Let's try it. Now... At the beginning, I said, oh, Red October. I'm not canceling Red October. No, 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 no. But let me tell you something. I've returned the binoculars. Now, I still got my winter Phillies jacket out. Calm down. But the binoculars have been returned. I don't like this. I don't like this last week. Okay, how about a little Eagles talk? Some bird gang conversation. The talk around town and basically all the major sports radio stations, you know, basically forever, 
but more in the last couple of weeks because of the 2020 season results and with the draft coming up is, are the Eagles a well-run organization or in other words, a competent organization? A lot of people have said no. In fact, a great majority of people have said no. But you know what? Old Colty disagrees. I mean, do I want Howie fired? Yes. I want him fired like yesterday. Does Jeffrey Lurie irritate the shit out of me? Of course he does. Of course. But as crazy as it sounds, I actually really think they have a plan. And hear me out, okay? So we as fans are really upset at where the Eagles are. Because we are in this rebuilding phase, and to rebuild a team, that includes, you know, drafting the right players, which Howie and Laurie are not good at, which is understandable and should be of concern. But as bad as they are at drafting, they are better with freeze and signings and have more success at it, right? And it's been proven that every time the Eagles have had a bad season, like the one we just had, they actually have bounced back with acquiring uh, complementary pieces via money or trade rise, right? So the best way to get the Eagles back to the promised land where we belong is by evaluating the weaknesses on this team this upcoming season. Which includes seeing, you know, what Jalen Hurts has with a full season. And what he needs around him to be successful. If he, in fact, is the guy, which if you know me, I'm already sold on Hurts. I think this season he's going to do his damn thing, even with the limited offensive talent he has. But I understand that a majority of fans want to see it first. I get that. I get it. Let's see it. But I'm just telling you, I'm already sold. I'm already on that hill. But that also includes seeing, you know, what Nick Sirianni. Let's see how he controls the locker room and his game plan as a head coach. Then after gathering all that information, go out there next offseason and fill in those holes. You know, when we have more cat space and, you know, now that we have all this draft capital. And with that being said, the 2022, the Philadelphia Eagles will be way more improved and ready to make a run. And I truly believe that with all that being said, that's the master plan here between Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie. Again, like I said before, do I want Howie gone? Yeah, yesterday. Do I like our owner? He rubs me the wrong way all the time. No, I don't like him. But I think at least they have a master plan. And you know what? If if what I said is the actual mindset of the front office, I, I like it, guys. I really do. But we shall see. The NFL draft is in exactly two weeks. Let's see how this dynamic duo can come up with next. Fingers crossed. And lastly, our first place Philadelphia Sixers. Sixers get the win over the Brooklyn Nets on Wednesday night, which was last night, and battle for first place in the Eastern Conference. Final score was 123 to 117. A close and entertaining game that had a good guy that are good guys winning, right? So why aren't I in a good mood about it? It's because Kevin Durant didn't play and James Harden didn't play. Only one of the three-headed monsters of the Nets played, and I'm talking about Kyrie, of course. And the game was too close to call until the last minute of the fourth quarter. And also, it took a 39-19-2 performance from Embiid to get the job done. 
it was a fully healthy Sixers lineup. We're talking uh, Ben Simmons, Tobias Harris, Joel Embiid, Steph Curry, and Danny Green versus Kyrie Irving. And we won by six points. I don't know, y'all. I'm not feeling confident. I'm really not. Kyrie dropped 37 points. I don't think he touched the court in the fourth quarter. So, if you saw throughout the game, Kevin Durant was hype. Standing on the court, you know, being very involved. And at the end of the game, he was high-fiving all his teammates, you know, congratulating them on a good game. And, you know, that's normal teammate stuff. But he was way too happy. It's because he knows. He knows that if he's on the floor, that's an easy win. He knows if he sees us, you know, the number one team in the East, the number one team in their, in their way from reaching the finals, it seems like an easy win. Not to mention add James Harden to that equation. It's the Nets are, the Nets are, they're a problem. They are going to be a problem. And I get the whole conversation. Oh, they've only played this, this many games together. Uh, Kevin Durant's only played 20 games. Stop. These are professional ballers. And let's just say these Kyrie, KD, James Harden. We can, it's not crazy for me to say top 20 basketball players in the entire world on one roster. Rested. James Harden was out for a hamstring. He didn't really. How long is he's resting? They're all resting. And I'm concerned. But you know what? Hold up. Hold up, hold up, hold up. I'm also thinking the Nets messed up last night. With the win, the Sixers are either one or one and a half games ahead of them in the East now for first. And the Nets are in second. If the standings stay that way for the rest of the season, well, the regular season, of course, right now, the Nets got to beat the eighth-seed Miami Heat in the first round. Followed by the third-seed Milwaukee Bucks in the, in the following round in a seven-game series. Then they would have to play the Sixers team with home-corn advantage. Now, given all that, that's a rough battle. But definitely a harder road, especially when we know how good the Sixers are at how good the Sixers are at home versus away. That first that first seed and second seed, that's that's probably way more important than people think. Now are the Nets just that cocky and you don't think it matters? Uh maybe. But I'll take my chances with the Sixers in the first seed. We'll see. Maybe something to consider as the season comes to an end here. It's coming up quickly, too. The NBA playoffs are quickly approaching. And you know what? Okay, that'll do it for me. That's all I got for right now. Philly start a new series with the Cardinals tomorrow night in Philly. Sixers play the Clippers tomorrow night in Philly. And I will actually be in the building. How about that? That's right. Your boy in the Wells Fargo Center. Most likely double fisting chorus light tall boys all night. And I'm praying for him. I'm praying, honestly, that Embiid plays. Shout out my boy Clay Moran for the tickets. And oh yeah, the Flyers play the Caps Saturday and the Islanders Sunday. Hopefully they can stop the bleeding. Yeah, Flyers talk, Flyers talk, Flyers talk. And you know what? Speaking of the Flyers, they are currently losing 1-0 to the Penguins. End of the second period. And okay, I'm out. 
Thank you guys for listening. This is the Philly Breakdown, a Philly sports podcast with your boy Colton, brought to you by Sunday's Bloody Mary Mix. Peace. <laughs>